All right. Me and Pastor Chris were playing with this mic, so I'm just going to make sure it's working. It sounds all right. I think someone hugged me, and it went, like, way, like, way to the right. So I, like, brought it in a little bit, so I was a little nervous, but we fixed it. So um, first things first, who, raise your hand if you're going to FedEx me whiz kids on the 18th. Like, I feel like, I feel like that can, that, we can make that happen, right? Um, I will miss uh, everyone at church much more than WizKids, but WizKids is the restaurant I will probably miss the most. Um, but first of all, just as we're, uh, as we're, there's just lots of transitions, right? There's just a lot of transitions. Um, we have the blessing of the transition of Pastor Chris coming back from his sabbatical. It was much, much deserved rest. Uh, and thankful that Riverbend offers that to pastors who have served for seven years or longer because of a pandemic. I think it was 10 um, and so, and then like our transition out, um, us, and you guys sending us out into, uh, the new of the unknown ministry. Um, but just so you know, like we've loved the five years here. Um, it has been, uh, the best five years of ministry we could ask for. So, um, trying to push through when, as soon as I start teaching, I should be fine. Um, but, uh, just so you know, we love you guys a lot. So, and, uh, yeah, so in that with the church, um, our main question today is the title of the one-part series, the main point, are we members of Jesus's church? And when I say this, I am actually not talking about just Riverbend Community Church. This isn't a membership sermon. I'm not, we don't have like hidden papers around that everyone's going to join the church by the end of the day. Um, or the, and this isn't even necessarily the church that you might think of like the church you grew up in. Jesus' church is the body of Christ. If we are saying, I, I believe in Jesus and I love Jesus, that would mean that we are part of Jesus' church. But there are aspects of, of character and giftings that if we are part of Jesus' church, we answer this call. And so when I say Jesus' church, I want us to think of the global church, the church that began in Acts the church that continues and will never die as Christ is moving his church. So are we members of Jesus' church? That's our main question that I would like us to ask today as we read through every verse, as we go through every point. Everything is pointing um, to that. Are we members of Jesus' church? And with that, I would like us to read Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. If you have your Bibles, you can look at it uh, and read along, or you can look on the screen because we do have that provided as well. And it says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why he says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean? Except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. 
So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves or blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Let's pray over these passages today in God's word. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. I ask as we are looking at the words from Paul and from you that it will be you speaking and it will not be me. I ask that in these, this, this short time together, we will just come a little closer to understanding who you are. We pray this in your name. Amen. So, What does it mean to be part of Jesus's church? A lot of times it means a lot of different things. It could mean lots of different roles. It could mean lots of simple tasks. It could mean lots of sacrifice or even things that are fun. For me this morning, it was four minutes before I was coming uh, to get ready. And Joe said, we have bees in the foyer. (laughs) And he, we were looking like really fast and we found a wasp can and I grabbed it from him and I sprayed it really fast to protect the church. You're welcome. I protected you from the spirits of the devil, also known as the, the bees. And I said, he said, wow, you got that one shot. I'm like, there might not be a lot that I can do, but I can kill wasps and bees. Um, that's just me growing up on a farm and the skills of that, that I've transferred into the skills of church. Um... <laughs> But in church, we have so much, right? And, and again, we're going through this, this, lots of transitions in the last few years. Um, I would say we are now entering the transition of the new normal. This, this thing that I, I, I don't think I'm jumping the gun. I'm just going to say. We're, we're reaching the, the, the post-pandemic. The people still do get sick, but it's now, it's becoming more normal. We have rhythms. We know what to do. Um, there are lots of great doctors with medicines and things like that. So we're, we're reaching a new normal. Now you might not see someone for five days instead of like five months. And so the new normal of this post-pandemic culture, um, our transition of, of having Pastor Chris and his family, him and Sam, um, being gone and, and re-entering church. And we're so excited to see them. But we're also so excited that we have a church that supported them where they could recharge and they could rest. You may have noticed that Chris wasn't on the stage during a sabbatical. It wasn't like a sabbatical, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you you don't have to come in here Monday through Friday, but make sure you're here on Sunday. It was, he was off. He was resting. And you had different team leaders leading the team for worship. You had different members leading the tech team. Well, this is a, a perfect illustration of the church. You had different people stepping into roles. Some of them who had stepped into roles they had never done before. Some of them maybe had done music but never had stepped in the role of leading the whole team before and they stepped in because that is as we're called as a church Jesus's church we also had our very first vacation bible school and some people had done vacation bible school before in their background some people had never done vacation bible school before because again we never had vacation bible school before 
And it was just a great picture of seeing what it meant to be part of the church. And then there's the other aspect of church is that we've had several people being sent and called out. We've had several people who have been part of our church for several years who have, jobs have called them different places. Ministries may have called them different places. And our church has had the, the opportunity of, of having the bittersweetness of sending them out. And, and our family is no different. Our family is being sent out. We're being sent out to an area that we are surprisingly familiar with, but we're, we're just going to going into the unknown unknown of what ministry looks like, unknown of what it means to be part of Jesus' church. And we're asking that ourselves. But this is all giving us a perfect illustration of what it means to be part of Christ's church. It means stepping into roles you're unfamiliar with. It means maybe doing something you're uncomfortable with. And it means supporting those around you who are in need of support. In the last three years, we have gotten nothing but support um, from, from our challenges. And that is a perfect example of the church. And there's so many more stories that, that we could go in, in in the life of Riverbend. But the, we have these examples of the perfect church, but that doesn't mean that we just stop and we say, oh, you know what? We're just going to celebrate all the things we've done because there is always more to do. There is someone here who is being called right now to step into a new role. There was someone here today who maybe for whatever reason, they've never felt the confidence to step in the role. And today is the day they're going to have the obedience to step into a new role. There is someone here today that has said, I will never. And what they said never to is what they will be called to do today. I never say never. I've said never before. And, and now almost every time, that's, that's what I've done. Well, let's dive back in. This is the, the, the first part of our passage. It says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This, this passage gives, is giving us the characteristics of what it means to be part of Christ's church, the characteristics of what it means for us to say, yes, I believe in Jesus. And it gives us those characteristics, and then it gives us some of those core beliefs of what it means of saying, yes, I believe in Jesus. And it starts off with saying, being humble and gentle, being patient, bearing one another in love. These are important if we say that, yes, I believe in God. Yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I love going to church. If you don't fit any of these characteristics, we need to start asking why. Why do I have such a hard time being patient? Why is it that I find myself never being gentle? Or why is it that someone keeps telling you you've never been gentle? Are we bearing one another's love? Can you think of a time that you have offered in any type of care to someone else? Are we, are we offering these things? Are these characteristics coming from our life? Because if they are, that would be a clear evidence of that we are part of Christ's church. If they're not, doesn't necessarily mean you're not part of Christ's church. But if you're not, there's something that's disengaging you. But 
there also could be someone here who said, I don't understand any of this. And that's okay if you don't understand any of this. That's the whole reason why we're here. It goes into more of the core beliefs, which the core beliefs pour into these characteristics, right? One Lord, one faith, one baptism. And the point I love is one hope when you were called. Maybe these characteristics are difficult for you and you think of, I have no hope of being patient and caring. And I have no hope of receiving and giving love. My first answer would be, yes, you have so much hope. And that's the hope in Jesus. That's the hope in this one God who loves us. But I do want us to ask this question. Do we believe in one hope and one God? Do we believe in one hope and one God? And this means, do we believe that there is a Jesus who loves us and a Jesus who lived for us and died for us? And do we believe that that's all centered on the one true God? Do we believe in one hope and one God? If we're having a hard time with, with being patient and being loving and being humble, we're probably having a hard time with that question. Maybe it's that we don't completely disagree with it, but we have a hard time in living it or a hard time in believing it. One of the most important questions we can ask is, do I believe in one hope in Jesus and do I believe in one God? Because there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of views out in the world and there's a lot of things that tell us that we're gonna get what we want, but there's not a lot of hope. And we need the hope. We need the hope of Jesus. And the hope of Jesus is what connects us to, again, Christ's church. So again, do we believe in one hope and one God? It continues to, to hit this point on of the one hope and the one God is. This is why it says when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. And I was saying he, he took the people to be with him. Jesus and God took the people because he wanted to be with them. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? This is talking about when Jesus, our one God, became man. He descended to be with us. He who ascended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. And I would say the easiest way to explain this is that he descended to be with us and he ascended to save us. And if we don't understand the words descended and ascended, because, I don't know, I've only read them in the Bible. Um, ascended is that he came to live. Jesus went from being our God to being human because he wanted to live with you. It's descended. And then he ascended means he went back up into heaven. And he went back up into heaven because he simply wanted to save you. So he came down to be with you. He went up. To save you. And this is the one hope and the one God. So do we believe in the one hope and the one God? Do we believe that Jesus literally became a human being to go through every trial and temptation that we experience because he loves us? That's my favorite thing about Jesus is that he descended because I know that when I am running and all of a sudden I hit a stick or something and I stub my toe, I am probably not the most humble and submission to the Lord, right? But I think of Jesus and I'm like, Jesus probably 
stubbed his toe or jammed his thumb. Let's talk, we're talking about a carpenter. Who, you ever hurt your thumb when you're like working with wood, right? Think about it. Were you holy in that moment? <laughs> right? But we have a hope that we can be. We have a hope that we can be holy and maybe the worst moment because Jesus came to be with us and he was holy in the worst moments. And then he went back up to bring us with him. This is what this one hope and one God is all about. This is our next few verses. It's actually my favorite verses uh, from this passage. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and became mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, there were roles that were just listed out. And I want us to make sure we're clarifying that when this was written way back in the day with, with the Apostle Paul, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers did not fit what the American church is today. So this isn't talking about, oh, cool, we've got Pastor Joe. Check. That's not what it's talking about. It's actually talking about the roles of the church, the roles of the body of Christ, the roles of the 90 to 100 people that are in this room right now. These are the roles of the church. And I'm going to work a little backwards to these roles because I, I know we, all, we always see the role pastor. That's actually talking about the discipler. Like this, is even, this isn't giving us the, okay, so, so you mean out of the one, two, three, four, five, we fit the four and Joe fits the fifth and Chris fits the fifth. Right? No, no, no. This is the role for all of us. Pastors is the discipler. And I know that there is a ton of disciplers in here. I actually know there is a ton of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And they are all in this room because this is the role of the body of Christ. Paul is speaking to those who, have, who are believing who Jesus is and who are being part of the church. And then church looks drastically different than what it looks like today which is okay but we do want to have the same principles we still want to have the same core beliefs we still have the same roles as the members of the body we have the roles of the apostles who are leaders in our community we have the roles of prophets who will speak truth to those who need to hear truth we have the roles of the evangelists who have the giftings of making and explaining who jesus is so simple to those who are so far from understanding it. And we have the role of the pastor or the discipler who is there for those who have recently come to know Jesus, recently been baptized, recently come to the church for the first time. And then you have the roles of the teachers who help explain all the different aspects of, of what this, what does this mean? What does the word ascend and descend mean? Right? We have all of these roles but these roles are what equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. If we believe in the church, we believe that our job is not done. Our role is not done. We live in the Lehigh Valley and there is hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And I would say a majority of them 
need hope. A majority of them need someone to speak to them on their level. They need to understand there's hope. They need to understand there's truth. They need to understand that there are people who care about them. And that's why all of these, all of these roles, all five of these roles pour into the body of church, pour into the body of Christ from, from the beginning to the end of what it means to grow in Jesus. When we first come to know Jesus with literally no understanding except that we love him and that it, we're like, I can't imagine being life the way it was before, to understanding who he is, to we're also doing those things. But this cannot happen without all of us filling our roles. I, run, I saw a statistic I was reminded of this other week, and the average age of the American church, again, American church, Church of Christ. You can, the American church can be part of the Church of Christ, but like, don't get them confused. The American church, average age is 77 years. 77 years. Does anyone know what that would mean? What, why, why do you think an average age of a church would be 77 years? Could anyone say? I don't usually call out names, but we'll see. Anyone tell me why it would be 77 years? What? No young people coming. But in those 77 years, this is from the birth to the end. So at one point, those people were young, right? You know what that means? That means that church lasted their lifetime. I'm not, I'm not making fun of old churches. I'm saying that most churches last the lifetime of the people who started them. Now, Christ church keeps on lasting. Christ church is going to keep on going even when the return of Christ comes because we're just going to be hanging out as a church, as one body. But churches don't live when they don't have their roles met, when they don't have the body met, because we need all the pieces to it to continue to grow and to continue to live and to continue to have spiritual births and spiritual growth. Now, we have the great day of having a baptism, which is a perfect example of, of church growth. But we always want to have more. But we, that's not the one baptism of the year, right? Like, oh, we got our baptism. We got our baptism. It's great. No, no, no. We want to have a baptism next week. And we want to have a baptism the week after that. And we want to have a baptism the week after that. But while all of those things are happening, we want all those people learning more about who Jesus is. But they can't be done without speaking truth, leading community, sharing the gospel, discipling teaching all these things we need all these things that continue to grow because it says so the body of christ may be built up and this is an example of us being united for the gospel because riverbend's not the only church i don't want everybody in lehigh valley to be in part of riverbend we want to we want to be all parts of church we want our church filled and we want the next church filled and that's us being united because some of this will be us working with other churches some of this will be us helping and starting new churches, which is something that we actually get to do here at, at Riverbend, of seeing new churches started on a, on a regular basis. So here's the question of this. What is our role in the church? What is our role in the church? As being someone who is going through transition, I am asking this question literally right now. What is Travis Ross's role in the church? You may not know this about me. Maybe you do. 
I love to teach. It's like my favorite thing. Like, if you're asking me, hey, do you want to lead, lead a small group, like, for breakfast, or do you want to preach this Sunday? I'm like, I want to preach on Sunday. And if you're like, do you have a sermon ready? Nope, but I will. It's coming. <laughs> I love to teach. This is one of my favorite things. But that isn't really in the question of what our role in the church is. I, it is something I love to do, and I hope in the future I'll have an opportunity to do it. But that isn't really the answer. I, I can't answer that question. Like the Lord answers the question of what is our role in the church. For me, when we move, it might be doing something I don't enjoy. That would be a bummer, but God would use it, and then it wouldn't be a bummer. But how, how many of us are asking that question? What is our role? Is God asking us to do something that we don't enjoy? Is God asking us to do something we've never done before? Is God asking us to do something we're uncomfortable with? And I'm asking all these questions. He might be asking you to do something that you love. That's awesome. But we shouldn't answer the question all on our own. We shouldn't say, hey, do you need help? With an expectation in mind in our mind. Do you need help? Unless it means I'm hanging out with fifth grade. Woo. That shouldn't be the expectation. Do you need help? Unless it's making coffee. Because I don't even like coffee. Don't ask me to make it. Do you need help? Well, wait a minute. My weekend's on free. We should be asking, what is our role in the church? And we should be open-handed. And I'm saying that, and it's hard. Because you know what I want to do when I get to Jacksonville? I want to say, hey, guess what, guys? I can teach. I got a master's degree. But that's not my role. It's, what do you need help with? I'm open-handed to your call. I'm open-handed to what I'm being asked to do. And it might be something that I don't want to do. That's okay. I didn't really plan on spraying wasps today. But someone needed to do it. <laughs> you know what? That might be you on September 18th. We're going to have a game day Sunday. We, gotta have, we have to have a safe place to eat cheesesteaks. There might be wasps. Bring your cans. <laughs> what is our role in the church, friends? Again, I will say, we should never say, I'll never serve in this capacity. We should always be willing. Always be willing to serve. As we continue, and now this is going over some of the, the maturity, right? The maturity, some of that maturity is us being willing to do things. Some of that maturity is answering the call, but there's other maturity as well. It says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. And said, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Now, I would say when we are members of Christ's church and we're fitting these roles and we're fitting these characteristics, that means we're also willing to hear from others. We're willing to hear things that are hard to hear. We're willing to tell things that are maybe hard to hear. And I wish I could say, man, church and like the world's culture, man, this synergy, that's what, that's what that is. It's not. It's like the opposite ends of magnets. They just don't go together. 
There are times in our life where being part of Christ's church will mean that you're rubbing against the culture. I wish I could tell you, oh, don't worry about it. It's not going to happen. That only happens to like, you know, really mature people. No, no, no. It happens to everybody. And it happens to everybody, which is why Paul warns us through, through Christ's word that we are no longer infants. We are maturing in our faith and we will not be tossed around like a wave. We will not be blown away. Just, we won't be taken wherever the wind blows. Because when it comes to God's truth and his gospel of scripture, we, do, we, we want to be standing with Christ. We want to be standing with him wherever he is going to take us. And we don't want to be taking anywhere where it just feels more comfortable. Or maybe our emotions would take us there. Not to say emotions are bad, but emotions can be confusing. Are we a church of truth or a church of culture? Are we part of Christ's church or are we part of first church of culture? Because they're not the same thing. Truth grounds us. Truth anchors us. Culture spins us about. And I like Guys, I like the world. I like watching Netflix. I watch Disney Plus. I watch She-Hulk on the plane because I saved it. I'm all about like hanging out and getting to know people. But my worldview is not bound to what is on television and to what I'm told on the news or even what my friends tell me. My worldview is bound in the anchor of truth, the anchor of of Christ, which bounds me to Jesus Christ's church. Are we a church of truth or a church of culture? This is um, our, our last verse, which was so, so good for me to read uh, this week. It says, From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself in love as each part does its work. By every supporting ligament. How often do you think of your ligament or your tendon? You think of it often? Raise your hand if you do. I'm curious. Does anyone ever think of that all the time? Wes does. Well, the athletes do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. More people think about it than I thought. I, didn't th- I don't think about it that often. Um, I have done this passage or um, there's another passage in Corinthians about the body of Christ, right? Where it lists the hands and the feet to the body of Christ. And it's such a great illustration, right? Such a great illustration that like the church is the body. And some of you are hands and feet and legs and eyes and mouth. And we all have our giftings. But I've never really thought about the ligament before. But that's like, they're talking about the entirety of the body. We're talking about every muscle. The church is every muscle because it takes every little muscle to be healthy for the body to be healthy for the church to be healthy we need every healthy muscle and you know like some people know i oh man when you pull a ligament i I probably said that wrong but when you do that like it hurts right well then you care for it you don't just keep on going like there's like nothing's wrong you care for it you watch it you do every thing you can to, to to heal we need every supporting 
ligament and tendon. What, what muscle of the church are you? What ligament are you? Let's start, let's stop thinking, because arms and legs are big, right? Like we think of arm, oh man, that's a big arm in the church, look how strong he is. Oh man, like the mouth, he speaks truth. No, no, let's think about it in the muscle sense, because we're talking talking about a church that averages around 100 people, and every single person here has a role. Like, if you don't have a role, our church has, has a ligament that's not fully healthy. And I'm not trying to, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say what your role is. I don't know. I don't know what my role is. But we all have a role. Now, I can tell you the holes. I can tell you all kinds of things we need. We need more bass players. We need more drummers. We need new singers. I need at least two more coffee makers. Um, And I need at least eight people in foundations because I don't know if you noticed, but we got a lot of kids. (laughs) We're combining a classroom right now. And it's great that we can combine a classroom. We have lots of people who are strong and capable and love the Lord. But you know what? We need more ligaments. We need more things holding things together. And that's, guys, that's just on a Sunday morning. We have homeless ministry. We have park ministry. We have ministry that we can't even touch as an organization. But we can certainly touch it as a church. There are people in your neighborhoods who need the hope of Christ. There are people in your neighborhoods who are going through something unimaginable that we don't even know about. Like, like Pastor Joe, Pastor don't even know about it. But you might. And again, we'll ask this question. Are we members of Jesus' church? And I'll add this. Are we active members of Jesus' church? Now, active members, again, we're not, I'm not talking about Riverbend necessarily. I'm talking about sharing who Jesus is, sharing the gospel, sharing the patience of the Lord. Are we active in Jesus' church? This isn't a membership class. This is just a reality that we are part of something beautiful. We're part of a church where we can be connected through the one God, in us and through us, right? I might not be here on September 18th. I might wear my jersey and wear it at church and then be like, why the heck is he wearing his NC State jersey? Because I've worn it every game day Sunday. But you know that we're still part of Jesus' church. Isn't that a cool thought? That even though I'll be 900 miles away, but we're still part of Jesus' church. And then we have had uh, the McDowells went and he took a new coaching job in Virginia. He's still, we're still part of Jesus' church. When Christopher was on sabbatical, he didn't stop being part of Jesus' church. And wherever God takes you, all the Lehigh students, it'd be awesome if you guys stay in the valley like forever. We'd love it. But you probably won't. Several of you will probably go back home or get a job that's somewhere else, maybe in Pennsylvania, maybe out of Pennsylvania but you're still part of Jesus' church. And we're part of Jesus' church. But let's heat this, this new, you know, because game day Sunday, Rich is like, the new church year, yay. This new church year, let's be active in Jesus' church. That would be my challenge. It's not my challenge for tomorrow. It's not my challenge for next Sunday. It's just a challenge for the year. Let's be active in Jesus' church. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for...
who you are. I thank you for your truth. I thank you that we have the opportunity to be active in your work, in your church. I ask that all of us will ask, me included, what is my role in your church? Am I being an active member of your church? And I ask that anyone here who maybe they've never made that decision today, they will say for the first time, I want to be a member of what you're talking about. I want to be a member of Jesus' church and Jesus' body. We thank you for your truth, and we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name.